Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Faithless with Lisette Diaz, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here is your host. Hi guys, it's so great to be with you again today. For those of you just joining us in this journey, I am Lisette Diaz. And I am your host, and you're listening to Faithless, a Diocese of Orlando podcast directed towards young adults. Um, and even though the show airs on Thursdays at 5 p.m., you can always find each week's episodes as a podcast on www.soundcloud.com slash faithfitradio. And if you want, while you're there, check out some of the other awesome podcasts that we have from young adults in our diocese. It really is a great place to grow in our faith and and what better people to take that journey with than other young adults who are kind of experiencing the same things in life. So go ahead and check it out. Again, that's www.soundcloud.com slash faithfitradio. All right, so today we are on the third part of our four-part series, Virtues and Vices. And in this series, we're exploring the seven deadly sins. We're talking about what they are, how they hurt your spirit, how to battle against them. And in the first part of the series, we talked about pride and greed. Then on part two, we went over anger and jealousy and really how nasty they can be to their spirit. And so this week, we're going to go over two more of the deadly sins, and those are laziness and gluttony. So let's get started with laziness or sloth. And and just hearing the word lazy, it just, it makes me want to take a nap. (laughs) So what is laziness? And I, I think all of us can come up with some sort of definition for it. And when you look it up in the dictionary, you might find that Laziness is a quality in which the person is unwilling to work or use energy. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to do anything with work or use any energy during the day at all, ever. So um, we're always so tired. And in the world we live in, oh my gosh, what, what I wouldn't give to have a total lazy day of just rest. We work so much that to overcome the exhaustion, we just need a total day of laying on a couch with a comfy blanket and a Harry Potter marathon. And if you can't already tell, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Like that comfy blanket that I mentioned earlier, that's definitely going to be the Marauder's Map blanket that my husband got me for Christmas. I'm an adult, I promise. (laughs) But um, when you think about this, doesn't it really sound like it, it, it doesn't sound like a sin. It sounds like something that is well-deserved or well-deserved rest after such a long week. So it doesn't really sound like a sin. And, and well, that's true. That's not even what laziness is when it comes to the catechism of the Catholic Church. Although this kind of laziness that we're talking about, the one where you just kind of chill out and watch Netflix for a while, um, it, it can be overdone. And it can lead to people neglecting things like... Um, their families or their jobs or themselves just because they can't get over their laziness. And it's important to do our part in the world and take care of our responsibilities so we can do our best to make sure that we don't put a burden on others that we can take care of for ourselves. Because when we neglect to do that, then yes, then that's when it definitely becomes a sin. But further, the catechism considers laziness as... um, 
acedia, and that's what they call it in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, acedia, A-C-E-D-I-A, which is a sort of a spiritual sloth or spiritual laziness. I really like the way that Monsignor Charles Pope explains it in an article that he, he wrote with our Sunday visitor. He talks about how spiritual laziness can manifest itself in so many ways. And overall, he discusses how acedia is rejecting a certain invitation or gift from God. For example, if God asks us to change a part of our lives, and it's going to lead us in a better direction, but we choose not to because it's going to be hard, there's too many changes involved, then, then this is directly in ignoring something that we know God has asked us to do, and that is called spiritual laziness. People who are, are full of the spiritual sloth are going to respond to God's call with sadness and avoidance. So instead of God's call being welcomed, it's considered a threat to the person's current way of life. So you're choosing the ways of the world versus the ways of God. Another way that this laziness can manifest itself is, is a way that doesn't even sound like laziness, and it's in the life of a workaholic. Some people devote an excessive amount of time working or doing politics or at a business or at a career, and in doing so, they avoid their spiritual obligations. And Monsignor Charles Pope in that same article gives us some examples of things that we can typically hear from these kind of people. And you'll hear, oh no, I'm too busy to go to church. I'm too busy to pray. I can't just sit there and reflect on scripture. I have too much going on. And, and remember, when we're talking about these seven deadly sins, we're talking about something that puts other, you know, material or worldly things above God. So this would fall in that category as well, because you're putting this, um, this excessive amount of time into something else and not putting anything into your relationship with God. So believe it or not, if, if you constantly find yourself being inattentive at church, or falling asleep during Mass, that's another category under the spiritual laziness. When you're totally uninterested, even you're at church, you're there, but you're not really invested in it, that's that's definitely categorized as spiritual laziness. And one thing is falling asleep because you're just overly exhausted. But another thing is not even trying to be interested in having that relationship with Christ. And sometimes, and, and it's one thing that is really... Uh, that really irks me. And I know I might be pressing a few buttons with this statement, but it kind of has to be said. Phones don't need to be on during a Mass, or anywhere near you for that matter. Now, if you're having an emergency, um, for example, for us, you know, if I'm about to have a baby and my husband's at the, hosp at, the, at the church and I have to text him, hey, baby's coming, you know, that's an emergency. Or if, if you have um, a parent who's really sick at the hospital and you have to have it on you just in case. That's an emergency. That's once in a blue moon. That doesn't happen all the time. But if it's just a regular Sunday and you have your phone in your pocket, you feel it vibrate, just don't check your phone. Don't check it. You're placing something else above your relationship with God. Leave the phone in your purse. Or better yet, leave it in the car. That way, you're not even tempted to look at it. And a lot of another thing is a lot of parents give children toys in church or iPads and this falls under the same category and although your intention might be to distract them so they won't be a bother it, it's crucial that you don't teach your children to be spiritually lazy 
teaching them to be still and pay attention to Christ. Now that's a lesson that no one else is going to teach them. That's your lesson to teach. And to help them from falling into this vice, it's better to have that patience and teach them to love God above an iPad or game. Remember, we're not only responsible for our sins, but we also are responsible for the sins that we cause to happen. So the reason I'm saying this is because a lot of us um, who are young adults have children that are, you know, we're, they're growing into in this technology age, and this is all we know how to do. They're, they're crying, so here, distract yourself. It's okay. But, but it's so important that we take that step. And the same for us. We, we do the same thing as, as adults, as young adults. We are constantly looking for that phone to entertain us. But when we're in church, we really have to try and do our best to focus. And that's going to help us battle that spiritual laziness. And now the good news is, if you're listening to this, then you're definitely taking a step towards having a more faithful relationship with Christ. So you're already moving away from the spiritual laziness, and that's awesome. So kudos to you. And and how do we battle against the spiritual laziness? Well, with late with diligence, with fervor. And what is diligence? It is it's defined as careful and persistent work or effort. So that means that we have to make a constant and conscious effort to not be lazy in our faith. We have to go the extra mile when it comes to God, and we really have to put Him first. That means making sure we go to church every Sunday, even though it might be absolutely exhausting. Just do it. Remember that this process is a transition. You're kind of forcing yourself to do something that you think is boring or it's not worth it, but we're, but you're not giving it a chance. If you really knew what was happening during each part of the Mass, I promise you would never be bored. The Mass is an absolutely beautiful thing. And this also means dusting off your Bible or downloading, you know, that app that has podcasts of the readings for each day or podcasts of the rosary that you could just listen to on your way to work. That is being intentional and ensuring that you are fostering a good relationship with God. And if you're interested in an app that you can do that with, um, a really good one to use is one that I personally use is Laudate, L-A-U-D-A-T-E. It's totally free and it has the readings each day, which literally only take about five minutes to listen to, if that. It has the Sunday readings, it has the rosary, devotions, prayers, it even has a link to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And check it out. So that app is, again, is called Laudate. The other virtue we mentioned was fervor. And fervor is just this passion that's so intense. So not only do we have to be intentional, conscious, and persistent, we have to do it with love and passion. And when you do this, it's like you're opening your heart to God and not putting walls to keep him from coming in. Now, we talked about laziness in, um, in our spirit. Let's go into gluttony. Raise your hand if you're a foodie. <laughs> and I'm raising mine over here because I love food. I really do. And now that I'm pregnant, I love it even more. <laughs> but most importantly, the best part of, of eating is, is dessert, obviously. Dessert is just life. Food is life. It's just the best thing ever. And you're probably hearing this and saying, well, I think we have found our first gluttony victim over here. <laughs> this girl is totally obsessed with food. But I promise I'm not. I'm not. Well, not that I haven't fallen into it before, but I've learned to control it. 
And let me ask you something. Do we or do we not get fed with so many food advertisements that it could literally come out of our nose and ears with how many advertisements of food we see? <laughs> we have so many restaurants everywhere. Food is literally everywhere. And to tell you the truth, we've lost value for food. We take food for granted. We throw so much of it away. We buy things at the supermarket that we never end up eating and it goes over the expiration date. We got to throw it out. We don't take leftovers with us after going to a restaurant. The moment we get hungry, we can just find a quick place to grab a bite and go. And, and we really are so privileged. You wouldn't believe how many countries in this world don't have the luxuries that we do when it comes to food. Not to mention that in the old days, you had to grow your own crops and harvest your own food so that you could have something to eat that day. There is no such thing as, you know, eating for pleasure because you had to make sure that there was food that that was going to last for the next day or for the next week. So honestly speaking, we really overdo it with the whole food thing. And with this, it's not just me talking. Many doctors frequently talk about the amount of obesity that we can find in our country. And it's, it's ridiculous how much obesity we have. And the childhood obesity, it's so high. And that really is the worst thing that you can do to a child. You take away their health from such an early age. And so this, this high rate of obesity is due to all these advertisements and the focus that our world puts on food. Um, another example of gluttony could be this, you know, you fill yourself a good plate of dinner and you feel satisfied when you finish eating, maybe even a little full, but the food was just so good. You just have to serve yourself another plate. That's another example. Food is nutrition to keep your body healthy and produce enough energy to power it. When you really are full or satisfied, just stop eating. It's not okay to overeat. You take whatever is left over, save it for the next day, maybe even for lunch. And then, hey, you don't have to spend seven bucks on lunch. And we know dessert is just meant for pleasure. It's just a sweet little treat at the end of a meal. And if you have one slice, maybe one and a half, maybe two, that's cool. That's fine. Food is delicious, but you don't need to take a spoon to half the pie. Now, another example of gluttony is the excessive drinking of alcohol. And I'll tell you what. I love being Catholic. We're allowed to drink. Isn't that just the best? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to those nights after I give birth and the kids are in bed where I can just have myself one or two glasses of wine and just wine down for the night. Sounds like the best thing ever. Or, you know, go out with my friends to have a margarita while we catch up and enjoy each other's company. It's really nice to be able to do that. Or go out with the guys, have a beer or two and have some wings. That's that's awesome. And these examples that I gave, they're totally okay. They're not expressing abuse of alcohol. And that glass of wine a night is even healthy for your heart, <laughs> as long as it's red wine at least. But when we consume alcohol to the point of drunkenness, that's when it becomes a problem. Because not only are you letting go of your right judgment and losing control of your behavior, you're also, you're not exhibiting the self-control. You have to know your limits. And with something like alcohol, where you could literally kill someone if you don't exercise good judgment, and let's say you decide to drive drunk, you really can't risk that. Now, there's, there's some people who suffer from alcoholism, bulimia, anorexia, and a variety of other disorders. And these disorders are psychological conditions, and they're not considered gluttony because the person really has no control over it. 
And if you suffer from any of these, alcoholism, bulimia, bulimia, um, anorexia, and other things, please be sure to go see a counselor or an addiction therapist. It's so important that you do. There's so many people that love you and care for you. They don't want to see you go through something so painful. And if you feel like you have nowhere to go, you can't afford it or something like that, please take advantage of your church. We're here to help. We have ministry for this. And you can contact Catholic Charities and they can set up an appointment for free. That way you can start getting the help that you need. And who knows? Maybe your conversion story or your story of overcoming this condition can be inspirational to others and help more people overcome that addiction. So just please don't feel embarrassed to reach out and just remember that the Catholic Church is here for you. You are a part of our family. So don't forget Catholic Charities. Go online, look for, look for the information, Catholic Charities. It's it's the best place to go when you're stuck in that in that position. So gluttony is really an intentional lack of self-control. And when it comes to consuming food and alcohol, that's that's really what gluttony is is aiming towards. And moderation and fasting are two virtues that you can use to battle against this lack of self-control. Moderation is pretty much just giving yourself a limit. You know that if you know that at three glasses of wine, your head starts kind of spinning and you start saying stupid stuff, then limit yourself to one or two glasses each time you drink. And if that food is really good and you're already kind of full or at least pretty satisfied, then stop eating. You want dessert? Just have two scoops of ice cream, not the whole pint. And fasting is is something that you can do also to practice that. Um, And it's very similar to moderation, except that it's it's an even stricter limit. If If you're used to having two servings each time you eat dinner, and you choose to settle for just one serving that week, that's fasting. So you're not starving yourself either. You're just restricting how much you eat. And being a Catholic, fasting means so much more than just strict limitations. You choose to make that limitation, but you choose to do it out of love for God. And you offer him the difficulties you're having, and you spend the time in prayer. And it's really a beautiful thing. It can grow your relationship with Christ so much. So I feel like we've gone over these pretty well today. We talked about the vices of laziness and gluttony. We've learned that they are what they are, what's okay, what's not okay, how we can battle against them using the virtues of diligence, fervor, moderation, and fasting. So now your challenge for this week is to look for signs of spiritual laziness in your life. Look for moments when you avoid prayer and also take really take a look at your eating and drinking habits. This week, just take a look at your life and practice some of these virtues. You are strong in Christ and you can do this very quickly. Before we conclude with our prayer, let's go over some of the resources we gave you today. We talked about the free app, Laudate, so you can find your daily readings and rosary through podcasts. And we also mentioned Catholic Charities as a resource for you. Or for your loved ones if you know someone who is going through something like this. Now, we've talked about everything. I hope that you feel that you have a good understanding of these two vices. And we've pretty much wrapped up part three of the series. So please join me in a quick prayer just to get us motivated to be more spiritually aware and more controlled when it comes to food and alcohol.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Dear God, you really are awesome and amazing. You gave us wine and food, and we thank you so much for that. We ask that you help us find an appropriate limit for us so that we can avoid this classically trained hobby of gluttony. We also ask you to help us persevere when we are faced with the urge to be lazy with our spiritual lives. Help us to exhibit self-control and to be one with you in this journey. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today and, and taking the extra step to live a faithful life. I know it's not an easy journey, and you're so brave for taking it on. And I hope you'll join us next time for our last episode in the series of Virtues and Vices. And we're going to be tackling one of the most beloved sins in our world, lust. So remember that you can find all of the Faithless podcasts and many others at www.soundcloud.com slash faithfitradio. Or you can listen to the show on live radio on Thursdays at 5 p.m. by tuning into www.faithfitradio.org. Thank you so much for listening, and may God bless you and keep you always. Amen. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Faithless with Lisette Diaz. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.